Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. This is your guy, Larry, and you just tuned in to Black Nerds Biblecast. You know what? I'm so glad that you, you're here today. I'm glad that you took the time to listen to this podcast. So, you guys, we have so much to talk about um, in this episode. Um, we got we were intentionally um, we kind of went a little long on this one, um, but we are in the book or uh, in the book of Mark, and we're uh, following along with us in, in with me in chapter two of the book of Mark. Um, we're going to be just talking about the events. Um, uh, the events leading up to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, um, again, this is, uh, uh, um, this is an intentional, uh, I would say an intentional journey from the, you know, the teachings of Christ into the, um, the, the death, burial and resurrection. Um, because we are entering in, uh, April pretty soon. Which will be days before we'll be celebrating uh, Easter Sunday. So um, I hope that you guys are having a wonderful week in spite of all the things that is going on out here. Um, again, hopefully um, you guys are staying encouraged. Um, stay faithful. Stay faithful to the God's word. And listen. Uh, I want to kind of give a, a, a quick, uh, I guess, a, what do you call it, a shout out to all the churches um, all across the United States, not, not, not just here in Sacramento, but all the churches that are even major churches, big churches, churches that we see on television. Um, man, never before have I ever seen so many churches that are live streaming, uh, live streaming on YouTube. They are uh, what do you call it? Facebook Live uh, going on right now, and so um, just I, I want to really send uh, um, this praise and 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 this thankfulness to all the churches that are using this opportunity. Do you realize that with the technology we have, that even now more than ever, is that the gospel and your influence, the church's influence has been even more and more uh, being spread out. I mean, you can almost say that that this here situation, this pandemic is causing even the good, the things that God intended to begin to happen, even. In other words, yes, the gospel is being spread and has been, but look at how it's being, um, um, being shared. It's being shared on social media, um, in, in, in a very awesome way. I mean, yes, you got, you do have some concerts and stuff from, from all the artists out there and musicians, but, you also are seeing the church like never before um, being online and being on on YouTube and being off uh, Facebook Live and other other re, uh, resources and just uh, just being able to uh, for people that are you know practicing self distancing and and being quarantined in their homes you know and and just because you're quarantined doesn't mean you're sick it just means that you're trying to keep yourself from being on the streets and being uh in the midst of crowds and stuff so this is very important just because listen just because you uh are are um, a christian or have faith in the lord doesn't mean that you go out there and put yourself in the midst of harm's way right you know so remember that so just just um you know i can 
me and all of you, um, I myself, I'm staying indoors, man. I'm not getting out there and uh, not unless I have to. And and I, I go back and forth to work. You know, I just come come. Uh, go into work come home you know i don't do a lot of um hanging out or nothing like that so i'm telling you if you guys uh you know if you don't have to be out there you know stay safe you know keep your keep your uh self at a safe distance from from all these people that that could be out there wandering around and stuff man i mean you want to be careful um pray you know like you normally do pray read the, read the word and, and have fellowship with the lord um look if you need to pray with some other believers do that you know what i'm saying i mean you can you know you can you can touch and agree even through the phone okay or facetime and this is a thing of facetiming now so you know some of you are not uh techno techno uh what do you call it? technologically literate so you gotta learn how to do that facetime thing you know you gotta get on the computer and sit in front of your computer and and if you have a camera in front of there you know you facetime your relatives or church members or even even that you know there's there's ways that you can reach across remember technology now has has advanced in such a way that we're able to touch and agree um in more ways than one okay touch and agree uh, even though you're socially distant but you can touch and agree remember the bible tells us that when two or three are gathered in his name that he's in the midst and it doesn't matter whether we are uh uh, uh so many miles apart and we're still touching the green or we just watching each other on church and stuff like that remember god knows how to penetrate through everything he goes like i said instead of wi-fi we should call it godfi or something right and so just understand that though but listen we have to um keep ourselves in prayer keep ourselves um also uh um, aware of the news but don't let the news consume you to the point where you're full of fear and anxiety okay if you have to unplug and turn off that news turn off the television sometime do that you know maybe put on some good music or some praise music put on some gospel music and get your mind on christ get your mind on the Lord remember he said that he is not giving us a spirit of fear but of love and a sound mind and so we need to keep our minds focused on him okay so I just want to guys encourage you hopefully this message will be encouraging to you um please stay tuned to the end of it because we will be praying we're going to be praying for the nation for the world for the workers for everybody that we can think of but but i think that now than more than ever before we need to be really praying for everything that's going on here in our world today okay so I'm not going to keep you. Um, sit back and relax and enjoy this next episode of Black Nurse Biblecast. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, hopefully you're having a wonderful day, wonderful week or, uh, or what have you. You know, you can have a wonderful day even in the midst of trying times, even in the midst of maybe a trying week or even a trying month. Um, those of us, you know, we right now, according to well, what's, what's going on right now in our world, 
um, we're going through a pretty trying time. You know, we got this coronavirus going on. And uh, and of course, every time you turn on the news or a program or even maybe a podcast like you listen to right now, everyone's talking about this coronavirus. Everyone's talking. This is the, the top subject of the entire month now. And um, as a result, um, you're getting a lot of information, but you're also being being bombarded with so much information, um, so much reports, so much bad news. Um, even at some points, you know, like I said, you can't seem to turn on the TV even without seeing um, what is going on. Do you know? This is a time in our world that for for the first time in my lifetime, I would say that it just seems like this is something that has taken on the entire world in such a way that uh, it seems like everybody's almost on one accord talking about the same thing. Um, But one thing about it. We have to also know that in the midst of a, a, serious, a serious situation as this is, that Jesus is still, we still have to have hope in Jesus. We still have to have hope in, in what the Lord can do. And we still have to live our lives. Um, even in the midst of a crisis, even in the midst of all the changes that are going on in our, in our world today. Um, we have to find encouragement. We have to find hope and we have to lean on our faith. So I hope that you guys are, um, encouraged out there or, you know, don't let, don't let the current situation and circumstance, um, you know, remove you from your faith remove you from hope you know stay in the word of god stay planted in prayer every single day as a matter of fact these times like this should be should encourage us that much more to pray that much more and that's kind of what i'm gonna be doing today so um let's get into the scripture here um the last time we got together we were talking about um jesus as he is um getting closer to the cross okay um we know that we're we're we're, uh entering into the the what they consider the easter uh message or the easter sunday uh sunday messages that is coming up and that's why i have been um purposed on as far as reading out of the scriptures leading up to uh, Christ's crucifixion and then ultimately his resurrection and how many know again that <laughs> it's funny that as we're talking about things that that we you know the current situation how many know that even in Christ's situation he had to go through a horrific time in which he had to physically die and then ultimately go from physical death 
to ultimate resurrection. Sometimes do you understand that we have to go Sometimes we go through the bad in order to come out on the other side where it's good, right? You know, Christ, he had victory in the end. So let's continue to read on. We, we, um, the last time we, we talked or last time we recorded here, we was in Mark one. So, um, as I told you before, Mark is, is the, uh, one of the, the gospels, um, that is written by Mark who um, I feel like this is a really fast paced sort of uh, gospel and where it just kind of gives you like different highlights of his journey. And so we're going to go ahead and, and stay, stick with Mark right now. And we're going to go into um, Mark 2, chapter 2, um, Jesus heals a paralyzed man. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to go into Mark chapter 2. And we're going to just kind of read, um, kind of take it, um, you know, take it kind of casual and just read uh, through verse by verse here. OK. All right. So it says when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days uh, later, the news spread quickly that that he was back home. OK. Uh, soon the house where he was staying was at was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right in, right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying this blasphemy for? Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Now, um, let's kind of go into this a little bit. I want to start by saying that, you know, um, you notice here, it says when Jesus returned to Capernaum, um, uh, several days later, it said news spread quickly that he was back home. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes that, um, Jesus right here, he come back home and, and all of a sudden he was a star. <laughs> he was famous. Okay. Like they say, he was famous. In other words, he, uh, remember when we read in, uh, I want to say we read in, uh, in Mark chapter one, his member, he was preaching, uh, in Galilee, according to the scriptures, he was preaching in Galilee and so many things was happening around that time. And he began to heal people and, 
and large crowds was forming. Uh, he couldn't preach in public anymore. Um, he had to. It was so much other was the miracles was what was bringing people to him. And I think I remember uh, saying before that the miracles was good that Jesus was doing. And also it was as a result of the the preaching of the kingdom of God, because when you think about it, the the, the preaching of the kingdom of God was followed with miracles, signs, and wonders. So the signs and wonders was all a part of this. In other words, when he was casting out demons, casting out demonic spirits, and people was coming to him everywhere when he was in Galilee. Now, here we are. He, he then made it back home. And now, since he made it back home, do you know, they didn't even have to have the newspaper. <laughs> they didn't have the internet. They didn't have a news news reporting on television at that time. They but the news spread quickly that he was back at that back in his hometown of Capernaum. Okay, and when he got there, when he got there, he was. They said that when he got there, he was giving preaching God's word to them, and. The reason why I have made such an emphasis last time against, um, I'm, you know, I was between him preaching the God, God's word of the kingdom of God and the healing because, see, the healing was what seemed like it drew the people. It drew them. It, it made huge crowds because they saw what authority not only he was he was uh he was doing all these miraculous sounds but he was preaching okay and when he was preaching he was preaching with such authority now i'm not saying that that his preaching was not enough to draw crowds but what really seemed to draw them crowds is the miracles of him casting out demons, of him raise, uh, uh, um, healing people and things like that. And same thing with this. It was so many people that were coming to the crowd um, and coming to the house where he was at that they couldn't even, they didn't have enough room. So what did they do? They, the crowds were so uh, enormous that they, that, uh, there was a guy that was paralyzed that somebody was trying to get to him to have Jesus heal them. And they had this paralyzed man. Of course, you know, you know, somebody's paralyzed. They either, um, from, especially most of the time, if they say they're paralyzed, they might have been paralyzed from their, their waist down. They, he probably, this man probably could not walk. And so, he, this man had four men arrive carrying his paralyzed man uh, um, to the crowds. And they couldn't get him through there. So what did they do? They dug a hole through the roof above his head. Now, uh, this is this part is amazing to me. And only reason why I say that is because, you know, when you have people that um around you sometimes it's good to have somebody um friends even that would do whatever they take that whatever they can to get you to jesus okay i i hey th that right there is a message to me because you know you think about it you know a good friend or good relative a good person will help bring you to jesus Okay, and these people, these four men brought him to Jesus. They brought him 
in front of Jesus. They did whatever they can do to get you to Jesus. Do you know that that's the type of passion that we need to have when it comes to uh, giving or uh, spreading the word or spreading the gospel? We need to have that passion to make to to want to want people to come to Jesus in such a tenacious way that like these four men did. They they had to they had to dig a hole in the roof beyond the crowds to get be in front of the crowds in order to get in front of Jesus. In other words, you can't get through the crowd. So he had, so they did whatever was necessary to get him in front of Jesus, right? So that he can be healed. And I thought that was pretty amazing. I thought that was, this is, this story has been taught several times in church. I noticed and several preachers have preached this. And yes, this has been a phenomenal, this is a phenomenal, um, this is a really good example in, in many ways. Uh, you can look at this in many ways and I've heard this preached in many different ways, but yes, this is the one thing that I really, uh, in, I really want to emphasize on this is how these four men did whatever they could do to get him uh, beyond the crowds to get him in front of Jesus. Then it, the Bible says that they then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And I really thought this was an awesome. Now look at but now look at his Jesus's response. In verse five, it says, seeing their faith. Now, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that, 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 uh, uh, God says he can see your faith. Now, remember this. There's a verse that says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but there's also works without faith is dead. And you know, this is, this is one example right here that they said that we have so much faith that in, that if we can, if we can put if we can bring uh, Jesus, I mean, we can bring this man in front of Jesus, that he's going to be able to heal him. And so, you know what they did? They put their faith in action. They put their faith in action. They did whatever they could do. They said that they didn't just, they didn't just uh, stand behind the crowds and say, well, you know what? There's too many people. We can't get you in there. Well, I guess we just we just sit back here and we just pray or we just kind of, you know, was not do whatever we can do. But they said, you know what? If we can get him in front, we, we will get him in front of him and Jesus will will heal him. Now. He says, seeing their faith, he says, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Now, this is amazing and this is really powerful. And this is this is a very good perspective in which God himself sees us. Now, like I said before, I said before that God he, he one he is concerned about your physical well-being he's not he he's concerned about your physical well-being he's not um um saying that it's not important but the most most best priority is your salvation so you notice here he says my child your sins are forgiven now now in this thing to me it's almost like he puts this in the proper priority. It's not to say that Jesus didn't didn't do things wrong or backwards. It's just that this one here, he emphasizes this man's sins. 
Okay, we can we know that this man was paralyzed. He couldn't move. Okay, they brought him down through the roof to get in front of Jesus, and then Jesus looks at him, seeing their faith, and says, "My child, your sins are forgiven." Now listen to this. Now they'll part of it. I'm gonna tell you this. Part of it, he said this. He said this to this man because of it being true. He says that, yeah, God's, God has forgiven your sins. But second reason now, and if we want to really look in the depth of this scripture here, he also said this in front of, of, of all the people, but he also did this, He said this in front of the religious leaders of the law. Okay. In other words, he had a, a, a what do you call this? This was more like a double motive. This was one. It was factual that yes, you know, your sins are forgiven. But two, he said this outwardly so that the so that the teachers because listen to this. Understand this. God knows everything that's going on at the same time. Okay. In this, and and even in this case, we see, we can see this because the reason why you look at verse six, it says, but some teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves. Okay. And then listen to this. He said, they thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Now, Tying up verse six and verse seven, Jesus here sees and, and knows he already knows that these men are in the midst of a crowd was already thinking they, these people, these te- uh, religious law teachers and teachers of religious law did not even outwardly say a word. They were thinking these thoughts. And this is the reason why see Jesus is is is. Again, not only is he has the authority to forgive sins, right? But he also is God because he knows your thoughts. He knows my thoughts. In other words, if you have thoughts of doubt and everything in your head, do you know that God already knows that? God already knows what you're thinking, what you're thinking about before you say it. He also knows if you have doubt in your head. So this is why he, where one of the reasons why I want to say that Jesus said this, he said this to the man, but he also said this outwardly in front of the crowds and more importantly, in front of the teachers of religious law who was probably in the midst of the crowd looking, and you know how crowds are. You know, some of them looking all in between the crowds and, and then they sit there and looked and, and they say, how in the world, like he said, this verse seven says, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Now he says this. Now the reason why I said all this and tying up verse six and seven, because now look at what verse eight says. Verse eight says, Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question your hearts? Okay, is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up and pick up your mat and walk? Okay, he asked him a question. He says, is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up and pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the son of man has the authority on earth. Listen to this on earth to forgive 
sins. Okay. Now this is this is powerful. Now remember this. He said this on purpose. He said this on purpose. Remember, Jesus. Anything Jesus says, he says it with a motive, but he also says it with an intention, intended purpose of what he knew, where he, other words, what the, what he was, what his intended purpose was. Okay, Jesus never says anything without a reason why he says it, and in this case here. In this case here, he said that the number one, because he had doubt and they were, they, they had bad motives for one, because they were, they were already saying they were, he was blasphemous. And two, they knew that because they, they wanted to have doubt that Jesus, uh, could not or did not have the authority on earth to forgive sins. Okay. You stay right there. We're going to be right back. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and I want you to hold that spot, hold that spot in the word. And then we'll be right back. Okay. Did you hold your spot? Okay, good. So we're going to get right back into the scriptures. Now, as we were talking about, do you realize here, uh, was we realize here, I'm sorry, we realized that Jesus himself, um, he had, he had forgiven this man of his sins. That was the first statement he made. My child, your, your sins are forgiven. Now, I want to, I want to stop here before I go further into this, that Jesus knew that number one, he could, heal this man his physicality right but remember what was more important was his spiritual state in other words your physical state you can be paralyzed like this man was you can uh okay some of us can have natural things that god that we we pray to god for like say you 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 need you need food or you need you're in a dire situation, okay? Like in in this case, need to be healed, okay? And need to uh, healed of your 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 being paralyzed or you um, like I said might be sick, okay? But remember this: there is a difference when you are healed physically. But then also you are forgiven. In other words, you are forgiven and you are healed from your sins. Okay. So there's two ways in which, you know, I would say that there was two things that was met here. First of all, yes, his, his sins, which is his spiritual state. Okay. Because think about it. You can, you can be healed or you can, you know, have be healed and, and everything, but still go to hell. Okay, be, still be separated from God. Remember, Jesus came to preach the kingdom of God, but what was his ultimate purpose as we we're looking at the overall journey to, to the cross? His journey to the cross was what? To die, right, for the sins of man and to go through not only the death and the burial, but ultimately the resurrection, which is where we're headed. In in, the, in in this series and where Jesus ends up, so so listen, he he what he does though, 
he understands this. And remember, on his way to the journey to the cross here, Jesus had many things that he was doing on his way. Do you know Jesus can multitask or God, I should say, can multitask? Okay, he can do many things at the same time. If you notice here, he he Jesus right here, we're talking about how the man was lowered through the roof in front of Jesus. Do you understand that Jesus can sit up here and preach about the kingdom of God, see uh, see uh, seeing uh, people's faith at the same time? These these four men and uh, these four men's faith. Okay, and also at the same time, he can also understand who's in his crowd watching him. And, and then he can sit up here and know exactly what it, I was. In other words, there's so many things that Jesus knew how what he was doing at the same time, simultaneously at the same time. Now, let's get into what this what he's talking about here. Now, in verse let's let's go back again in verse eight, verse eight of, of Mark chapter two. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you why do you question in your hearts or this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? Then he turns around and said, so I will prove to you that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man. He says, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. Okay. Verse 12, the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out through the stunned onlookers. You notice they didn't go back through the roof no more. They didn't, they weren't, he didn't, he didn't pull them back up. No, he walked right on through in the midst of the crowd. Now he, in other words, everybody knew he was paralyzed. He came in that, came in one way, walked out the other, right? Or came at, uh, walked, uh, came in one way and went out the other, uh, went out the totally different man. Okay. He says he walked out. Look, look at this through the stunned onlookers. They were amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've seen any, we've, we've never seen anything like this before. Okay. Now, th this was a phenomenal, uh, um, uh, this was a pretty awesome feat. This was a, another, another reason why Jesus had all these crowds. This is another reason why the, the teachers of religious law, this, this was just another, Thing that they spied on him and say, okay, you know what? This man is going to be a problem for us. Okay. The, the people of the teachers of religious law had no intention on, on saying, okay, we're going to make him a scribe or a rabbi. We, we, you know what I'm saying? They, they had no intentions. Their whole intention was to say, wait a minute, this man is being blasphemous. Okay, they had no good intentions, but Jesus made sure that he mentioned that, that, that he says, look, he says, I'm going to show you that God has the authority to forgive man, um, give, give, forgive man of his sins on the earth. Okay. And this is why too, this is another reason this was kind of leading up to his, his crucifixion and the sacrifice that God intentionally makes for us on our behalf. Remember, it is why we are, why he came to earth. He came to earth so that he can forgive sins. Okay. Now we're going to read a little bit further. 
And then we're going to end this podcast. We're going to end this episode. Excuse me. So Jesus calls uh, Levi uh, Matthew. Now, as we continue this journey, he remember um, in the previous chapter, uh, he also um, he also brought in a couple of um, disciples and made them. He called them. He said, I will make you fishers of men. Basically, I will make you uh, um, uh, otherwise I will make you disciples so that you can also bring men to Christ you can bring people to Christ okay or bring bring them into the kingdom of God as well like he is doing now this is another man that he called to become a disciple he says then Jesus went out and to the out to the lake shore again you notice he goes to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him as he walked along he said he saw Levi son of Alphaeus Okay, sitting at the tax at his tax collector's booth, Matthew. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple. Jesus said to him. So, so Levi got up and followed him. Verse 15. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to go to to his house. I'm sorry, to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors and other uh, disreputable disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law, again, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked uh, his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Okay, we're going to talk about this in a minute. So it says, when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who, who think they are or think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Okay, um, this is very, very important. Um, this is very, very important here. And I want to kind of touch on this real quick. See, so. So remember, Jesus, he his group, his crowd of people, they you notice here he went. First of all, when he called, um, I want to say when he called, uh, I think it was Ma uh, Mark or was it Mark? I'm trying to remember. Oh, first, his first disciples was Simon. Excuse me, Simon. When he called Simon and his brother Andrew, um, they were fishermen. And then he saw the, and then the next thing, he went further up along the shore and got uh, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, okay? And he called them, okay? So now, so now here we are. He goes and he calls Matthew and uh, son of the, uh, let's see here, the son of uh, Levi. Is, was it the son of Levi? Yeah. So he calls Matthew or he's, his name is Levi. Excuse me. Levi, son of Alphaeus. Okay. Forgetting what I just read, guys. <laughs> so Levi, son of Alphaeus, basically, or his other name was Matthew. Okay. And he calls him to become a disciple. And, um, 
it's interesting because Jesus, you know, he picked ordinary people and he picked people that weren't, um, um, they, they didn't have, uh, what they call it degrees and they didn't have these, these, uh, you know, they weren't, they weren't like known, uh, teachers or anything of that nature. He called these people, they were ordinary individuals. Sound like he, almost like he called just blue collar workers, seems like, you know, tax collectors and, and, and fishermen and things like that. But I noticed that he had a different diverse group of men that he called and they had different types of occupation, excuse me, occupations. So, most definitely he brought them and you notice here jesus doesn't he doesn't he he doesn't uh care whether or not these men were tax collectors and and like they say uh disreputable sinners or sinners okay he doesn't that doesn't bother him because remember he came for sinners okay he he that was the reason why jesus came he came to draw all men to himself, but he definitely came for those that that knew that they were sinners. Now, and this is followed up again. You had the teachers of religious law and the uh, and who were Pharisees that said saw him eating with tax collectors. Now, isn't that amazing? Remember, these same men probably were the ones that looked at him in the crowd, talked about him, about how can this man forgive sins. But then they turn around, they follow him. We can tell by this here verse or this here passage that we've been reading in in, uh, chapter two, that these men were, were spying on him the whole time. Okay, they were spying on him. They're watching what he's doing. Watch how he teaching. He healing this person. He talking about he forgive this man of sins and then turn around and heal him. What kind of message is what kind of what kind of message is this man preaching? And what kind of crowd is he? People are drawing crowds to himself. Okay, he was getting all this attention, and so they were watching him the whole time. Then they turn around and say, wait a minute, he can cause some, he have a um, man named Matthew, he's a known tax collector. And then not only that, but he didn't already, he got a bunch of sinners around him. You notice, listen. When you start doing the will of God, you start doing what you, what God has called you to do. Okay. And remember, uh, I, I want you to be clear. It's got to be what God has called you to do. Don't do stuff that you're thinking that this is God's, God's doing, but it's not. It's your, it's what you want to do. Remember, people are going to follow you and they're going to look at you and be like, you know what? I don't think what you're doing is right. Okay, you know, they're going to start they're going to start critiquing you and they're going to start they're going to start looking at like, oh, well, well, you know, who is he to do do what he doing? Okay, so this here showed me, though, that the teachers of religious law was over here spying and watching every move that Jesus was making. He they they wanted to build a case. They didn't want him to have all these crowds. Number one, they didn't like it when people following him. And then next, you know, he's talking about the gospel or he's talking about the kingdom of God. Now he's looking at the fact that now he's sitting, sitting there eating with sinners and taxes. Did it say that Jesus was, was, um, how can I say, was he, was he participating in sin with them? No, he was sitting down eating with them, but you know, there's some people, and I'm just going to say this, there's some people that are going to criticize you for even, for even associating yourself with someone that's wrong. 
that's that's sin that's a sinner they may listen you you may be you may be one that's out there talking to uh, a family or individuals or friends or something and say for instance you in the middle of a crowd or in the middle of a group i should say of men that oh these guys are gangbangers and you out there talking to them, somebody drive by, maybe somebody, maybe somebody from your church or something, and they should go and see you. And they first thing they look at you like, what, what's he doing over there? What, what in the world is he doing? See, so sometimes you can be what it looked like. Other words, the appearance of what it looked like. Now, in this case here. The teachers were looking at Jesus because they didn't like the fact that he was hanging out with these people. Okay. They didn't, they, they didn't talk about what he was doing as far as sharing his faith and sharing the kingdom of God and preaching to them. No, they didn't see that. Do you know that sometimes people will see the, see the wrong you do before they see the good that you do? All right. So he says, why does he eat? Listen to this. He says, why does he eat with such scum? Now, they didn't. They, like I said, they saw the, they saw that he was fel- having fellowship with these people. And first of all, he called them scum. You see how you see how the, the teachers of religious law, their their whole purpose for being there should have been of teaching people about the religious about being um lawful or God's law but they didn't see that and he calls and they call them scum okay now imagine a preacher that doesn't want to even preach to people that need that are sinners and then he looks down on them and puts their nose you put your nose up at them and 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 look at them as as beneath them See, and to me, that's what they were doing. They were they were putting their they were putting them down as if they were scum. And he says, "Why does he eat with such scum?" Okay, when Jesus heard this, and Jesus look at this, Jesus defends and says, "Healthy people don't need a doctor; sick people do." Okay, he says, "I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners." Remember, Jesus, um, he, he wants those that he wants those that have need of him. If you don't feel like you don't need Jesus, you don't need God, you don't need heaven or hell, or you don't want to have nothing to do with heaven or, or heaven or hell or anything, uh, teachings of religion or anything, teachings of the Bible or the word of God. You know what God says? says he says, I'm not going to, I don't think other words. You are not going to want this if you don't need it, if you feel you don't need it. Does that change the results of where you will go? No. The gospel is preached. And if you have need of it and you know that your condition is of, of other words, you need God because you, you know that you're a sinner, then guess what? He says, He's came to those that know that they are sinners. If you feel that you got it going on and you feel that you don't need, you don't need to hear this or you don't need this. You feel like you're healthy and you don't need this. Right. Or you're righteous. Well, I feel, I feel like I, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good man or woman. I don't need this. Right. He says, I haven't come to you. 
Yahweh come to you. And he wants them to understand that the difference between the people that he's around and the people that 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 think that they have other words, they, they, they're righteous already based on the law or based on the, the teachings of the law at that time. They feel like this. If you feel that you're already righteous, then obviously you don't need it. Now, you know, of course, Jesus was saying this in a way to put them on blast because yes, yes, they were, they were looking down on these men, these individuals and to look at them as, as scum. Okay. Okay. So. Um, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, so... Um, the last part we're going to go ahead into, it says, um, we're going to talk, uh, in verse 19 of chapter, Mark chapter two, Jesus replied, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Let's, um, let me back up here. I'm sorry. Verse 18, verse 18, a discussion about fasting. I'm sorry about that. Um, once when John's disciples, and the Pharisees were fasting, it says. It says, some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's, John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Now, let me just um, bring your attention to this because this was, um, when they say John's disciples, they meant the, the ones that, um, the disciples of John the Baptist. Um, as we read in uh, chapter one, it opened the, the book of Mark opens up with John the Baptist. Okay. And he was the one that was teaching and baptizing people before Jesus came. So they were, so John also had disciples. So it says here, it says once John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, um, it says some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? OK, Jesus replied. OK, he answers this question. He says, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? OK, of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them. OK, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch um, who would patch old clothing with new clothes? OK, for the new patch would shrink and rip away the old clothes, leaving even an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into wine skin for the wine will burst burst the wine skin and the wine in the skins were be were both be lost new wine calls for new wine skin okay so this is where um we're gonna as we read into the book of mark um remember he where mark is a, a book that gives you highlights of his have his teachings and moments in where christ has encountered either questions or certain um 
certain times and where people were with certain events like the paralyzed man, the man that was paralyzed and then also about him calling the disciples. And now here we are. And he jumps into you notice it, it, it kind of just jumps right into a different uh, different situation here. So it says he all of a sudden now they're sitting. Someone's asking him about the discussion of fasting. OK. Remember this: fasting is 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 good and, and it's rec- it's recommendable in some cases. Okay, even in cases when you're praying and and really praying and trying to get a breakthrough. Sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, breaking a stronghold requires fasting. What they consider a stronghold, meaning that a certain uh, um, a certain uh, in depth sin or a sin that a habit that you have. Sometimes fasting and prayer, and then also to heal you know in some cases even jesus you know in his ministry you know um he even mentioned the disciples that some some of these things as far as healing when it came to people that were either demonically possessed or or any of these 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 things that were severe he said that some things come by fasting and prayer so in this here People were observing that, you know, that John's disciples was fasting and praying. You know, I'm sorry, they were fasting. Excuse me, they were fasting, and so they wanted to know how come he, how come his disciples don't do that. Do you notice that they were probably just eating all the time, and and you know, people see again. We got to remember, people will will watch you and they look at you and they say, "Wait a minute," you know, they start kind of critiquing you and that's to me that's how they were doing with jesus too they were critiquing not only him but how come he wasn't demanding them to fast and maybe they were maybe they might have, might have saw john's disciples and they were fasting that day and they didn't go over here and they saw jesus and they said well they're not fasting they should be fasting too but they were wondering so jesus explained to them first of all you notice here he uses see he doesn't outwardly in my opinion tell them exactly how why i mean he does but he doesn't and the reason why i say that because i like the way jesus responds to these people he says do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom okay now in this in this answer we can see here that the groom he's referring to, to himself as the groom okay and this says of course not they can't fast he said they can't fast while the groom is with them, and the reason why because he's he's using the wedding. He, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. It's, this is a very uh, in, uh, loaded uh, answer, I would say, because there's so much that you can get out of this. One, he's talking about do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom. I'm sure a lot of people had questions why he talked, why he said that, but. Think about it this way, as as some of you Bible scholars know, um, I'm sure that later on in the in the in the Bible, like like toward the revelations and toward the end of the book, we talk about a wedding feast. We talk about the celebration of the 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 coming of the lamb. Right. Or the 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 um, the groom, so to speak. So he comes and the church is the bride of Christ. OK. And so Jesus here is 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 almost like he's kind of hinting about the coming of Christ. And which is himself, but he's he's referring to himself right here as the groom that was coming for the bride of Christ. Okay, that's the that's the first thing that I'm getting from this. It says, "Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom?" 
He says, of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them. Okay. But someday, listen to this. He said, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Now listen, the purpose of the fasting. Okay. Is because first of all, let's, let's go into this a little bit. Other words, Jesus was with them. There's going to come a time in 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 biblical in the biblical events, okay, of things that to come in the Bible, in where there will be a wedding feast, okay. And this was this you can find this in different parts of the Bible in the New Testament, but you will definitely see it in Revelations, okay. There will be a a wedding feast. That wedding feast will involve Jesus Himself and. Then the body of Christ, which is us, that is considered the bride of Christ. And there will not be no fasting. There will be nothing but celebration. You notice here it says, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Okay. And at this time, he's explaining to them why fasting is not a thing in, in, in this case right now. In other words, he's saying this right now, I'm with them. I'm in their midst. Okay. And he's also explaining to them and showing them a glimpse of who he really is. In other words, the people that asked this question, they didn't know who Jesus really was. They just thought that this was a new teacher right here. And they was wondering, well, you know, how come he's not teaching on fasting? How, how come his disciples are not fasting? How come they're not doing what John the Baptist is doing? So he's explaining to them, but he's also kind of giving them a, a like they say, uh, pull the curtain back a little bit to see who to show them and give them clues as to who he really is. He is the one in which they have been talking about the Messiah at this time, the law and the, and the, and the teachings of the law. If they go back to what the uh, prophets talked about, like Isaiah and like um, Jeremiah and, and all these other books that you read in the old Testament and they were aware of what the Old Testament teachers taught and what the prophecies were and that that one would come, which is in their midst right now. OK, who is the Messiah? Now, Jesus himself is the Messiah. Jesus himself is God in the flesh. But again, he's kind of peeling the curtain back a little bit to kind of show them that I'm, I'm the I'm the one. I'm the one. I am the groom. And at this time, there will be no fasting. There will no, be no need for fasting. But like he's saying in verse 20, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Now, at this moment right now, he's also jumping into he's also seem like he's referring to himself being taken away because eventually yes he will die on the cross he will come he will have to die on the cross and then after he dies on the cross and raised and be risen from the dead and resurrected then he'll be going away to heaven which after that he will give us what the holy spirit okay now he says at that time the that at that time that's when they'll fast now listen to this now you notice like i told you i love how jesus he they asked him about why don't disciples, your disciples fast like John disciples and the Pharisees do. Now he, he jumps into verse 21. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new clothes? Okay. And he, again, I know he was throwing these people off when he's talking. 
So he says, who will patch uh, old clothing with new clothes for a new patch for the new patch will shrink. Okay. And, and rip away the old clothes, which is a fact. Some of you, well, I remember as a kid, you know, um, uh, scraping or not scraping, but putting holes in my pants and my mom used to have to put a patch on it. So it kind of reminded me of that when I heard this, but he says, though, he says, for new the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old clothes okay leaving an even bigger tear for them so you have a bigger hole okay and the reason why he said this because he says look he says for no one puts new wine into wine skins for the wine would burst and the wine skin and and the work i'm sorry for the wine would burst the wine skins and the wine and the skins would be lost new wine calls for new wine skins now listen this is this is really um uh, uh what he's talking about here He's talking about, okay, John's disciples, um, they were more um, traditional in the sense of the law, okay? And here he is, Jesus is coming in with new teaching. He's coming in with a new, more, a, a new thing about the kingdom of God. Remember, they didn't talk about the kingdom of God in the old, in the old way. In other words, he says, why would I do, why would I put on something new on something that's old okay in other words i can't i'm not going to patch up the old the old way the old teachings i'm not here to do that i'm not here to put a patch um this is in other words what i'm teaching is brand new i'm teaching about the kingdom of god and i'm and and he's saying here he says besides who would put old clothing put a patch on old clothing this is the clue right here. Who would put a patch on old clothing with new with new uh, new cloth? OK, his his teaching is considered the new cloth over the old teaching. He's not here to, to, to put a patch on the old teaching. He's here to, to matter of fact, he's here to have a whole new thing. Other words, now he puts it in, in such a way as as another he uses another example. First example was he who would patch old clothing on on new cloth with new cloths for the new patch would and he said and he explains it for the new patch would shrink away shrink the shrink and rip away from the old cloth leaving even a bigger tear than before. Okay, but then verse 22, he says, and no one puts new wine into wineskins for the wine would burst and the a burst of, uh, would burst the wineskins and the wine and the skins would be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. He gives the ultimate answer right here at the end. Okay, so listen, he's saying, listen, he's not putting uh, um, he's not putting new teaching on top of old teaching. Okay. This call for all new teaching altogether. Okay. First of all, Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. Okay. He was the fulfillment of it. He, Jesus was the one that, otherwise, after, after the law was given through Moses and that's what the teaching they had, 
then you know what? And and you remember this too. The Pharisees was a was as a result of the law and the teachings of Moses. Okay, and again they they held on to the old traditions. They held on to those things. But when Jesus came, Jesus says, "I am the fulfillment of that. I am the one that that is 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 the thing that the law and the the prophets teach about. I am the one." But see, they don't see it that way. So now what they're saying, the, what he's explain it to them he said i'm not here to patch up what you guys have the traditions that you guys are teaching i'm here to bring a whole new a whole new uh contemporary way at that time this this didn't go over too well with a lot of people i'll be honest with you it didn't go over too well for those that are um that were holding on to the traditional way Okay, they were they didn't go over too well for that. They felt like, well, you know, you're supposed to always fast. You're supposed to always wash your hands. You're always always supposed to, you know, do. And when I say wash your hands, I'm not. I mean, let me let me correct myself right there. This was uh, they call it ceremonially washing your hands in a way of um, of cleansing in a way before you do things like like preparing the meals and and preparing. uh, uh, How can I say preparing things, you know, um, as a as a priest would. So this wasn't in, in that sense. But what I'm saying is there were people that were so caught up in the the do's and the don'ts and they were so caught up in the ritual of things remember being religious and the ritual and being ritual um following rituals was kind of considered the old way and jesus says i am the fulfillment of all those things in other words i am the reason why i am here okay because i otherwise i am uh, i over uh, overcome or i am everything that is and and if you come to me then i have i was i am the one that that brings all these things together okay so they didn't understand this honestly and i think that jesus i think he said this in a way to get people to think um he he did kind of throw it off a little bit when it came to what people were maybe who was in the crowd again it might have been the pharisees and the teachers of religious law at the time and and remember he said things to them that uh so that they wouldn't get a clue so that they wouldn't understand he said these teachings is weird like this this doesn't make sense he asked them about you know i mean i can imagine someone asked him about it and they couldn't wait to hear what he had to say okay so when he when he brought this up it kind of like they kind of went away scratching their head like why would he say that so remember because we've got to remember they were following jesus the whole time Okay, so so it says no one puts new wine into into old wine skins for the wine will burst burst in wine skins and the wine and the skins will be lost. Okay, so new wine calls for new wine skins. Now I love for the fact that he does talk about wine, and the reason why I say, why why I say that is because in the last days, and when he drinks with them or when he celebrates with them we will be celebrating with a what they call new wine in other words we will there's a part that i picked up on 
where they were talking about the the Last Supper. The Last Supper was was a time when the disciples and Jesus were sitting at the table together, and they would have bread and wine. The 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 wine representing the blood of of Christ, and the bread representing the body. Okay, he says that that now he mentions. He said this is the first cup. And this cup is you doing remembrance of me. But then he says that we will not drink this cup again until now we, we, we come together and celebrate. So these are things that kind of like clues how he's like you, he's giving you clues here. He's talking about wine because eventually the wine will be the fulfillment of him of the whole thing when it comes to the, the resurrection when it comes to the second coming of Christ, when we will come and, and, and then the, the heavenly celebration of the Lamb. So there's a lot of things, there's a lot of uh, symbolic clues even in, in a way of how Jesus even talks. Was he doing this to kind of uh, get them to think about what's going on? No, they didn't have anything like we have. We have the full Bible. In other words, we have the, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the and, and revelations. We have it all. So we can actually look at this right now and say, wait a minute. He's actually throwing them into not only what's currently right now, but he's also peeling them, peeling the curtain back and showing them the future as well. And it's showing them that who he really is. But again, this come by revelation. This come by, by studying and also God revealing to you like, hey, this is what he this is what it is remember god is is always wanting us to know who he is which is very important very important and understand this what's most important other than the healings and other than him you know healing you and things like that is the fact that he wants you to know him he wants you to know who he is he wants you to know about how to be saved and how to come into the kingdom of god he it's important for after all the teachings we do and all the things we talk about different rituals and religion and things like that 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 what's most important is that you and I are saved, that you and I come to the, the, the working knowledge of Jesus Christ and that, that the reason why Christ came was so that he can actually die. He came to die and he came to live. Okay, and live and then also defeat sin. The sin nature had to be taken care of. And he took care of that on the cross. So not to get ahead of ourselves, because we're eventually going to be discussing that eventually. But for now, we're talking about the different events and journey toward the cross. So with that, I'm going to end right here. We're going to pick it up tomorrow or the next time I record. So I want you guys to look out for the next recording that I'm going to be doing for the podcast here, the Bible cast, excuse me. And I'm going to end it with the fact that, um, like I said before in the beginning, that we have to, as a church, and as a body of believers, our burden should be for the world right now at hand. Our 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 burden should be about um um you know people that are uh, are are people that are on the front lines um, of this coronavirus of this uh, virus that's going on right now. 
of the uh, leaders of our country, whether it be the president, uh, uh, his administration, uh, we should be praying for them, our governors of our states, even those that are in our communities, um, those that are working, um, those are essential workers even, um, I'm myself included, I'm, an, I'm considered an essential worker, I still have to go to work in the midst of this as well, um, so you know, pray for pray for people like that because they are um, still being exposed to potentially exposed to this virus and pray for their protection. Pray that the, the um, we're praying that the the hand of God and the protection um, so that they won't get sick. OK, uh, this is a, this is a, a really a testing time. I think that um, ne- never before the the uh, pr- the church needs to really band together and pray, um, pray for healing and pray for the strength and everything else. Now, like I said, like we talked about in this lesson, we talked about the difference between the kingdom of God and the teachings of, of, of the kingdom of God, right? And, or in the case of the paralyzed man, he par- he was paralyzed, but he wanted his sins to be forgiven, okay? Which is a lot easier for him to, it was more important and a lot easier for his sins to be forgiven. Even in this case right now, Jesus is more Jesus is concerned about our salvation. And I think that there's two folds about this thing that we're going through with this coronavirus. One is, yes, it is a time for us to pray for people that are 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 dealing with this situation right now but it's also a time that we that it's an opportune time for us to understand that it's time for us to turn our our eyes and our attention of our hearts to Christ or to God himself right now it's important because you notice everything that happens in the world today when it comes to major events cataclysmic events whether they're earthquakes you know whether they're terrorist attacks, whether they're um, major, just major things, okay? This virus is a major thing. It's a global pandemic. So these things seems like it really shakes up the world, shakes up the world in a way that says, you know what, something is happening. Something is, um, uh, uh, we need to cry out to the Lord. We need to cry out to God. And this is the most immediate reaction. Now we can be critical. Some of us can be critical and say, Oh, the only time we cry out to God is when something's wrong. But here's the way God looks at it. And, and this is how some of us should look at it is, First of all, yes, if it has to take a pandemic to to get our attention, then that's what it's doing. OK, and and we have to we have to at some point get on our knees and say, God, forgive us. OK, you know, the Bible talks about um, I want to say um, some of you may remember, I think it's in Chronicles. I can't remember what what chapter and verse or yeah, what chapter and verse it is. But he says that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. 
that he will hear from heaven and, and heal from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. You notice there's a two things in there that I remember in this verse is forgive their sins and heal their land. So this is important, y'all. We discover even in the New Testament when Jesus is, is, is walking with his disciples, he's in his ministry. He met people's physical need, whether they were feeding the, the feeding um, lots of people, whether he was teaching. But when he was feeding them. He was dealing with the physical man, but then he also dealt with the spirit. Okay. And such as now, such as now, now God is doing things. I mean, I'm not going to say that God is not doing things even in the midst of this coronavirus, but but what he is also doing is he's turning the hearts and minds to him. Or was this is also causing people not just just in a way to panic, but fear. And sometimes that is also a, a, a means to that is turning people as well. They don't know what's going on. They're uh, they're they're concerned. OK, they're con- and they have a right to be because think about it. People are dying, guys. People are dying. And even myself, even even I, I have to admit some of these things that I've seen is very disturbing. And what it, what, what we see, what we see on the news or what we see on the internet or what have you, whatever, whatever it is, whatever images or, or news that we're getting, you know what? It should cause us to pray. It should cause us to be like, Oh God. Help us and bring us to a time of repentance like never before. Bring us to a time of turning to you and focusing on you like never before. This needs to be a time for 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 every generation, whether you're old or young. But if you are a, a person that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what? This is so important. That we need to be holding ourselves accountable and we need to be like never before either preaching the word of God to people or or to be praying. Okay, more or less sharing, sharing the Bible, sharing the the gospel with people, uh, sharing the good news that Jesus Christ saves. Okay, remember, people are scared for their lives with this thing. Okay, this is a thing that that people are fearfully afraid, and and let's be honest, there's some Christians that are fearfully afraid right now because they're not sure as to what is going on. They're not sure what is happening. They're not sure is this going to be an end. Okay, they're not sure. It's a lot of uncertainty right now, and you know something, it, it you know there's no there's lack of faith. Okay. Now, some of us, yes, we have faith. We have to have faith in the midst of what we're going through. So, with that being said, guys, you know, I'm, I'm going, we're going to close this Bible cast, but we need to close with a word of prayer. And if you're with me, why don't you, whatever you're doing right now, if you're driving, continue to drive, but uh, working out or what have you, but just in the sound of my voice, just bring your heart to praying right now. Father God, I thank you so much for another day. Thank you for this week, Lord God. Lord, even in the midst of this, this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. But God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you are powerful. We thank you that there's nothing that goes beyond the stretch, your, 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 your all seeing eye. There's nothing that you don't know about and you have wisdom and knowledge beyond what we understand. 
understand. Lord, we will admit that we don't understand and we don't see everything you see. But God, I ask right now that you would stretch your hand across this world, this nation, this entire nation of the United States, but also every state, every city, every community, and every neighborhood. Lord, I pray right now that you would just continue to embrace the workers, the volunteers, the hospital workers, all these people, the volunteers of those that are working in the midst of this this virus that we have in front of us right now. Lord, we know that it's making people sick. It's getting people sick, Lord. And we also know that it's taking people out. In other words, they, they're losing their lives. And, and you know this well. So you see this thing. You see the effects that it's causing right now. Like never before, we are crying out to you. We're crying out to you, Lord. Forgive us, first of all. Forgive us of the things that we have done wrong, things that we have, our lifestyle. Lord, help us to turn our lives to you, rededicate our lives to you. Lord, help those that are not uh, not sure of their salvation. Bring them back to you, Lord God. Father, we praise you, and we, we know that you forgive and you can cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Father, we thank you right now in advance for the, the coming of those that are coming back home, that come in their dedication to you. Father, we also pray that you would just release your angels and protect those that are out there. Protect your your, your people that are faithful to you. Lord, I thank you again for the, the pastors and the teachers and the and the churches that are uh, that are ministering online, that are live streaming their events, they're live streaming their church uh, services online. Lord, I thank you that the gospel is being spread. The gospel is being preached and taught even in the midst of this coronavirus. When the devil is launching an attack, Lord, I pray right now that your healing power will continue to go against that, Lord. Father, we pray against this coronavirus. We pray against the flu-like symptoms, the fever, Lord God. We speak against those things in the name of Jesus right now. Father God, those that are in the hospital, those that are in the ICU, Lord, take 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 control right there, Lord God. Be in the midst, Lord God. And while you're there, protect the doctors as they're that's they're 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 they're, they're um, dealing with them. Protect the nurses, Lord God. Lord, this is a time like never before that we are crying out to you, Lord God. Please, Lord, please. Please come and, and and rescue, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Father, there are people all across this nation that are crying out to you. You can hear our prayers. You hear the prayers of the righteous. The prayers of the righteous avail as much. That is what your word says. Now, Father God. I pray in advance for the healings. I pray in advance for the protection. I also pray for an equipment that needs to be be given to the hospitals and the cities and places where they need the equipment, the ventilators, the masks the, that people need, the gloves and on, on all the 
protective uh, protective equipment that people need. Father God, I pray that you open doors, Lord God, for people that be able to get food and, 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 and the grocery workers, Lord God, protect them right now in the name of Jesus. Though, and Lord, also, we ask right now that people will obey the ordinances that are in place right now to stay inside and to keep themselves healthy, Lord God, and help us to keep our hands washed and not touch our faces and things like that. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, we know we're getting so much information, whether it's on the news or in the newspaper or anything on by radio. But Lord, I ask that with much information and fear that's coming across through these these different things, Lord, I pray that your gospel be preached throughout these things. I pray that hope will be given to people. I pray I speak against fear and in place in and 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 have hope um, uh, counter and conquer over fear. Father, I pray that faith will increase, Lord God. And Father, I pray that right now that we will be victorious because, Lord, you, you have been victorious over our sin. And Lord, I ask right now that you would just turn our hearts and our minds to you as we are getting closer to the celebration of Easter, the celebration of your resurrection, the celebration of you conquering sin by through the death of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I praise you. Now, thank you right now. Now, let us all put aside our differences, our, our different whether we're, uh, differences of culture, differences of religion, differences of politic, uh, uh, political, um, po- whether we're po- whatever we are as far as politically. Lord, put aside those differences. Lord, help us to put aside those differences and help us to be more united than ever before. And united, like this says, united under God. Help us not only to pray for our nation. But help us to pray for the world, every country that is being hit right now and every missionary and every church member that is a part of a church in every other country. Lord, like never before, I feel that we need to we need to bend, uh, uh, um, bind ourselves together in the name of Jesus. Father, you know that whatever's in heaven will be done on earth, Lord God. And Father, I praise you and I thank you. Thank you right now. Lord, help us to have a wonderful day. Help us to have a wonderful week. Help our minds and our hearts to be stayed on you. Help us to come together and love one another, even in the midst of of trying times. Lord, help us to understand that you are with us, that you said in your word that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And God, I thank you so very much for who and what you're doing in Jesus name. We praise you. May you forever be exalted and forever, Lord, that we praise you and worship you. And Lord, we thank you. Lord, we know that you're coming soon. Help our hearts and our minds to be prepared for your coming. Lord, we thank you once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys, hopefully again. God willing, I'll be seeing you next time. Stay tuned for the next episode of Black Nurse Biblecast. You guys have a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and I'll be talking to you soon.